Good morning, Chucksters and Chuckettes. This is Austin Charles and Charles Braxton today on this episode of Chucked, in which we meander through both meaningless and meaningful things. Some things are meaningless to you or meaningful to us. Some things that are meaningful to you are meaningless to us, and we cover all territories, so we're glad to have you with us today on this episode of Chucked. Love the feedback that a number of you give me that you like the mixture of meaningless and meaningful. And, mm-hmm. and don't forget that, uh, as I've said l- at the end of the last few episodes, if you have questions oh, and uh, love that. topics or subjects that you would uh, would love to... I know I hear things uh, throughout the week a lot of times from you all that listen, uh, and I don't remember. So, uh, you know, email me at austin.macmahan at southbrook.org or... Tweet at me at uh, morning underscore smooth. smooth. That is M O R N I N underscore S M O O V E A M A M. Morning smooth. That's right. <laughs> morning smooth. A M. Yeah. yeah. So, that's very good. But we'd love to talk about what you guys want to talk. Want to hear? I would talk love about, to. I would you know, love any, that. Any, any, from any any subject range. Yeah. We'll 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 blow some air about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, big week. Uh, Cleveland is in a panic because the Browns are one and two, mm-hmm. and uh, people are talking and like the the sky is falling, and so overreaction is the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, we're not there. I I don't know about you, but I I had a good season would be nine and seven. A mm-hmm. great season would be ten and six. Uh, just too many moving parts that are new, but uh, they could only go ten and six, I think, if they had zero injuries and they've not. They've already yeah. They've that. are huge. That's I mean, what. That's huge. with a full roster with the schedule they have. That would be. That would yeah. be. That would be it. Um, I hate to say this, but one and six as a start is not. It's not going. It's going to be a shock to the system because. Mm-hmm, but if yeah. you look at the schedule. They could very well lose their next four games. Sure, and uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah. it's very plausible their next three prior to going to New England. Um, it is uh, Baltimore, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. No, it's I know not it's Baltimore, Baltimore, and San Francisco. I know the, the the first three prior to New England. If they won they're three of those, that wouldn't be a much of a no. surprise. I mean, they're very mm, they winnable wouldn't. games, but they're also you know. Um, they're not. They're, they're. They're. I know there are three teams that are playing really well. Well, what you're going to find um, out is if they're as good as me, we, or many think they could be, they'll win a couple of those games, and it won't be a surprise. Mm-hmm. If if they're as shaky as a large part of me thinks they really are. Offensively, I don't think it's that they've had bad weeks. I think there are problems. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we'll see. We're going to see. Yeah. If they're, like I said, I, I th- prior to the season, I think they, they need to do the things that, um, st- the standard things of a team, which is the things you should do, like beating the Jets by 20. Yeah. Um, those, but then I think they need to do a couple things. Uh, and they haven't done a few of those standard team things. Like, they haven't won at home yet. 0-2 at home. That's yeah, a problem. Um, they uh, need to have a winning record at home at the end of the year. I don't, that's yeah. going to be tough. But they need to also do uh, not as many things, but a few things, a couple things, hopefully by the end of the year, that they weren't supposed to do, like a, a win at New England or something. Mm-hmm. Just things yeah, that, like, yeah. you know, that 
they're, they're not supposed to do that, but they do yeah. pull off and one of those the things. it's the NFL, and know? it could happen, yeah. right? And they beat, tell you what, beat Baltimore before twice Before they can something. think of anything, they got to get better in the red zone. They are off on the red zone right now. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. that was what they were great at last year. Baker was great in the red zone last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Play calling is a little skeptical right now. Yeah, but I will I say this. In- but if you look, I saw pictures of the first three plays that were called inside the five for on first and goal. You can make the argument those were not bad calls that Baker mm-hmm. made the wrong read. At least so. one of them were because one of them should have been a run. Nick Chubb got yeah, you up yeah, to yeah, that yeah. point. Which he admitted. Freddie mm-hmm. Kitchens admitted that. So Bengals are off to a rotten start. I really like Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Really, I know you don't watch the Bengals, but I do. And, you know, I root for him. I watched a little Browns. bit Sunday because there's yeah. nothing much on. And uh, you know, just Andy Dalton just can't make the throws you need to make in the NFL. I really like him. I want him to succeed, but. Um, I mean, they're going to struggle. They mm-hmm. are. They're they're going to struggle. I think they could beat the Browns right now. I do. I think that you could make an argument they're actually as good as the Browns right now. But in the long run, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So NFL's off to starts. Fun to have I, I football will say, back. I will, I will say about the Browns. I think one thing that came to mind after talking about expectations, um, being inspired from the Browns, talking about expectations last week. I think one thing that's a good, healthy reminder about expectations that crossed my mind was. Um, was just thinking, like, imagine if 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 all the talk of the, from the organization and the team coming into this year was, uh, you know, if we go eight and eight, we're fe- we're feeling pretty good. I mean, Matt, like, you can't really. There's a there's a limit to how realistic you can talk outside of your your inner uh, maybe inner inner culture and and mm-hmm. and uh, team, mm-hmm. you know. But to the outside, I mean, you, especially in something like that, you have to be brash to think, um, as a fan, can you imagine Odell Beckham saying, yeah, this is one of the, this is not the best team I've ever been on. It's, we're probably going to go, um, seven and nine. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would get you, I would, I would lower your expectations. This is, you know, we're, we're years. Yeah, away. you wouldn't like that. You can't, you can't do that. So, um, that I think that's kind of a just a cap last week in my in my thought there with the Browns. I, I'm I'm glad that they've thought so. That they, they've they've put um, expectations yeah. on them. Yeah, as oh, a fan, yeah, like sure. I you know, sure. as a fan, in the NFL, a team can turn it around quick. So it's mm-hmm. not unrealistic to have expectations. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. easy to you know at the beginning of the year, it's easy to pick the Patriots. There's no there's no going out on a limb to pick the Patriots to win the East, the AFC East, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to make some picks that are, I think this is the turnaround team. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty logical to say the Browns look like they're trending upward and mm-hmm. still early to, too early to tell. So tee us up on today's topic and take us away. Well, we haven't discussed any. We, we, you mentioned some of it last week. Um, the world seems to be falling apart um, in, in a lot of ways. If, uh, I, I, you, you follow it more closely than I do. But uh, with boy, I, I don't I don't even know where to begin with um, with impeachment of Trump. Mm-hmm. With the uh, certainly, there's just a there's a there's a consistent energy that that is that is running through all of society with 2020 coming up. Um, but uh, with the the climate change, uh, the the, the uh, poor little 16 year old freaking activist, out. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, What's what's what, what what what's been going on that, with all that with you? How do you feel about the state of the state of mm-hmm. things? You know, I, I just I mean, I'm I am I'm a not by no means call myself even an amateur historian, but I read history all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
actually the fact that I'm reading Walt Disney's biography today is a little bit of an aberration from history, but it is also an inclusion into mid mid 20th century American history or mm-hmm. from the 20s to the to 1966 when he passed. Um, so I read it, and, and there's nothing new under the sun with the sky is falling. We want to impeach the president. Um, the world is falling apart. Is this just nothing new? I mean, they, we just didn't have the accelerated the accelerator of social media in in eighteen ten like we have now. And mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to pass off that these aren't critical times. Mm-hmm. I was seven years old, eight years old in nineteen sixty eight and sixty nine. I don't know if it's because I was that young, but man, you want to talk about things falling apart? Whew. I mean, everything nailed down was coming loose. We made it through. Yeah, there seemed to be a greater unknown then, like, like as opposed to now. There's not. There's there's a there's a, a greater ability to forecast at least the next ten years right now than there was then. I don't know. I mean, I don't think times were. In, I don't. That's a good question, Austin. Because I, we watched Mackenzie and I the other night watched uh, this great documentary on Woodstock. And for number one. And I, that's my favorite era of music. Um, that's what I most probably well, listen to. I that era. Right, I tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, the first thing I, I learned from that documentary was, um, and I knew this, but I didn't really realize it, how poor the lineup really was at Woodstock. It really, aside yeah, it really from wasn't. A few, like Joe, three or Joe four. Joe Cocker, I mean. Joe, you know. Joe Cocker, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. um, uh, Baez, uh, The Dead, uh, Airplane. Aside from them, it really wasn't that great. Yeah. But, um, but it was three days, wasn't it? To, wasn't it three days? Yeah, three days of peace, love, and music. Um, what, which they really thought they were going to change the world. I mean, they, yeah. they were sure. Oh, yeah. This is going to change the trajectory <laughs> of culture. Mm-hmm. Which the stupidity of that is beyond comprehension, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the naivete of twenty-year-olds, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, I think what came with that, what I the the, the greater sociological uh, observation from it was, um, there seemed because they the, the documentary is really well made. Just it's, it's a documentary mm-hmm. of that summer, basically, just August mm-hmm. in nineteen sixty-nine. Um, that was, and it felt like things were coming loose, right? With yeah, Manson and it, 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 it and felt like there was an unknown. Like they have, they had, the, it, it was, it was the age of conquest, um, spiritually, socially, morally, um, and they they'd reached the edge of the earth. Where are we going from here? No one knows. Let's start it off with a good buzz first and feel mm-hmm. good first and let feeling good be our foundation and then develop principles from feeling good since we have reached the edge. There doesn't seem to, I don't know, maybe we're regressing back towards feeling good is, is our foundation, is our standard to which we develop principles from of how to live and behave and treat each other. Um, but there just doesn't seem to be as much of like a, this, uh, like a, conquest as it was back then like we don't know where yeah, that's we're going. true the the space frontier there was no you know. roadmap back then yeah then. yeah but i think to some extent it's the same it's just accelerated now it's faster mm-hmm. that's the that's undeniable i mean life moved would you agree pete life moved at a slower pace then so if i have a flat tire going 20 miles an hour into a curve that's not the same thing as a flat tire going 60 miles an hour into a curve. And today we're going 60 miles an hour. Hmm. So the change happens faster. 
I think the difference is our tires aren't made of the same good materials they used to be. I think they're 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 even though the '60s was the beginning of that casting off of of a legalism of religion and a religion that was a fabric in our culture. Mm-hmm. It, it was still there, right? And then you still had, I mean, in 1969, World War II veterans were in their late 40s. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were still, they were still hugely, that, that cult, that, that, I mean, that mystery of that greatest generation was still there as a fabric. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the rebellion that was happening was, it was against the fathers of that, you know, the fathers who were World War II military. Mm-hmm. But it's just a different culture in so many ways. I do think the unknown of where we're going to head with um, technology and artificial intelligence is similar to the unknown of space exploration and uh, what else, you know, media was definitely emerging then as television was taking even a more pronounced mm-hmm. role in culture. Um, idealism still, you know, I looked at that that young lady that was the 16-year-old activist who has now mm-hmm. gone so viral in regard to cl- gl- climate change, you know, that, that is the same expression of Wood- Woodstock, right? I The idealism has to happen for there to be attention to issues, but the idealism is not going to save you, mm-hmm. right? It takes real... I mean, I, you, you've heard me say it a thousand times since you were a kid. Austin, happiness is not found in self-expression. Happiness is found in self-abandonment, serving a greater cause than yourself. That's that's where happiness and joy are found. So, is that in part happening with an activist who's 16 years of age, giving her soul and emotions to climate change issues? Yeah, but it's also... I mean, the Babylon Bee showed in their brilliance marionette strings on her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it just felt very. It, it did. It felt manipulative. You know, uh, not that she's manipulative, but she's being manipulated. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's funny. It's the best of times. It was the worst of times. I think that was true of 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was more worst of times than today. You know, it yeah. was a, It wasn't as safe a world then as it is now. I mean, there statistically. It was worse than it is now, mm-hmm. um, and I think these. Are, but having said that, I think these are the best of times and the worst of times, and in many ways, um, as we know, impeachment is nothing new. Mm-hmm. I remember being a fifth grader in 1972 and Nix impeach Nixon. Right? It was it was a deal. Obviously, in 1998 with Bill Clinton, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's nothing new. It's a it's a political tool, and mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, that's, I know I'm a little bit rambling, but I I, I well, do I think, like to I think take that bring long it up because view. People, uh, you don't hear the this this commentary from you as much. Obviously, it's it's not it's not your job to give political discourse or mm-hmm. social discourse up there. Um, so I think it is it's a necessary thing to bring up and to hear it's you part of the role. About. It's it's part of the role of Chuck is we talk mm-hmm. about things that I, that that's not my mission. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, and my mission is Jesus. You bring people to Jesus, and political opinions will be a barrier to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as as you know, if if it's something, it's like it's not. It's not abortion's not a political issue. It's been made a political issue. It's a life issue. It's a life yeah. and death issue. So I'll speak into that every once in a while. But uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I have my opinions about Donald Trump. You know, I do. I'm not going to talk about those on the weekends because it's polarizing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll talk about them unchucked. I, I think that's that's our audience. Uh, you know that we're, we're it's two guys talking. I think you said it well a few weeks ago when we were talking about some more delicate emotional issues. Uh, this isn't a counseling session. You know, this doesn't count as a counseling session. It's it's two. It's a dad and a son talking, and mm-hmm. like we would around uh, you know our living room and. Uh, so in summary, for me, I'm not wringing my hands, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has not changed for me is, is the soul of the individual is the hope of America. Because the collective soul is who we are. And I, I believe that more than ever. The regeneration of the soul, mm-hmm. not legislation, will save us. In the words of Romans 13, we need legislation to restrain evil. But it's not the hope of eliminating evil. It's not. You know, as long you can make something illegal, that doesn't stop people from doing it. It just mm-hmm. it, it it restrains good people from doing it. Mm-hmm. Is what it does. And you sane know, people from doing it. Sane rational people from people, exactly yeah. sane and rational people from doing it. It's the old adage that a lock only mm-hmm. keeps an honest person honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all a lock does on a door. And I, I you know, I, I guess that's the thing to me is I come out of this. I've been in the game so long, and I get so tired. I do. I just get so tired of the battle. I walked away from last weekend. She said, you didn't feel good about last weekend, did you? I said, don't, because I mean, I felt the battle today. I just felt the war. You're just talking about sin. I just, I just, I felt the oppression. I felt the battle, and I get tired. But what rejuvenates me is at my core, I believe that if you save the soul of a man and a woman, you save a family, you save a family, you save a community, you save a community, you save a state, you save a state, you save a nation. And that Jesus' strategy was not wave his hand over 5,000 people and they are saved. He, he spoke to 5,000, but he regenerated people one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, Harry Emerson Fosdick once said, the more I study the Gospels, the more I'm impressed where one man is the preacher and one man is the congregation. You know, how often is Jesus stopping alongside a road, Mm -hmm. looking up a tree, talking beside a well to one gal, one guy? And I still believe that. Um, I Probably more than ever. And it's sad because I see these political extremes their political position is their savior. Mm. It's a religious fervor because it is to reject my ideology is to reject my God, my hope of national salvation. Mm. And it was never meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. A bibliocentric view of government is it's it's not your savior. It's not even meant. It's not even designed by God, delegated to meet needs. It's meant to restrain evil and to provide structure. Mm-hmm. So that compassion, a temporal justice, a temporal justice that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a delegation of that ultimate justice mm-hmm. for a temporal purpose. And um, the hope of the world is the yeast of the church being in the dough of society and creating generosity and create, you know, if, if churches did what we're supposed to do, there would be no welfare system, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there would, we would eliminate that. Mm-hmm not government save us. I think one of the saddest things after the Oregon shootings is, is a, you know, a zillion people downtown looking at Mike DeWine saying, do something, do something. Like, 
Like we're helpless unless you do something. We're helpless. Oh no, that's not government by the people. I mean, we 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 are in charge. You know, we should be. But um, it was funny. I you know when you start meandering into these kind of things, was Jesus more conservative than liberal? He was he was above that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a liberal, you tend to think of Jesus as more of a liberal. If you're conservative, you tend to see Jesus more conservative. You have to remember, Jesus was. My kingdom is not of this world. It transcends those div- divisive lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why, like, for example, it's unfortunate that climate change has turned into a political football. I want to take care of it. I recycle. I, I, as soon as I can get an electric car, I will. Because you know what? As a Christ follower, I'm a steward of this world. I, mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that it's like, well, you're, you know... That's left-leaning to recycle. Well, that's not. It's taking care of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. If I can help, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a political issue to me. It's just a common sense issue. And, um, you, you know, what happens when it gets brought down to that level is, is then we're not seeing things from a kingdom perspective, which transcends all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my uh, rambling on that. I, I'm not wringing my hands. I really do take the long view of, of you know, almost 200 and, you know, we're going on 240 years as a nation. Take the long view. This is not the first rodeo mm-hmm. that we've been on. And I think our democracy will outlast this. I do. Will it stand forever? No. Mm-hmm. Democracy is the worst kind of government, but it is better than all the other kinds it of is, government. It is. That's right. But Churchill has said yeah, that. Yeah, it is. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. A part of the problem is... You have such a you have a genera- few generations now that have lived in um, post forties nineteen forties nineteen sixties America, mm-hmm. and that's part of the trouble there too. Yeah, is um, it's been so good that uh, well, it's not to downplay some of our problems, but. If pronouns are our problems, then we we're we're doing pretty yeah, that's well. Right, that's we're right. doing pretty well. When you when you see that what what a government and what a nation is capable of in uh, Stalin, Mussolini, Mao, Hitler, um, what I think what it's real social, tyranny is. Yeah, I do. I think it's a social indicator of how good we have it, and it doesn't mean that these issues aren't real in individuals' lives. And I would they say there's are, there's a, there's a there's a, such a huge foundation to your perspective that people should hear and hear for their children's sake is that you have this perspective not as a perspective of one who thinks of lofty things and is therefore above these temporal things, not as one who um, evades the question by saying God's God, but as one who is very involved, as as you said, throughout your life um, and has been engaged with thinking through history and not forgetting how bad it can be mm-hmm. and how um, maybe that it at the worst makes just today in this, this, this time um, what we're going through more survivable and not so yeah. apocalyptic like yeah. it seems to yeah. be. Some kids that are, that, that are afraid every day they're going to die because of the, the fear imposed on them by climate change or, yeah. or whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I, um, 
I, I, I try not to proof text politics, but I also try to understand that Jesus was a, Jesus died because of his, the, what it, potentially one of the most significant reasons Jesus died is because of his status as a political figure. There, there's no question. He died a in the hands of Pontius Pilate. Roman authority, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, is, that is not just biblical, that is extra biblical. And you would have to have such a following to, to even, for a Jew to have an engaged, yeah. engagement with Pontius Pilate, it would, it, that, that alone says there were thousands upon thousands of people that were ready to uh, upset the Pax Romana. And so he, but so he was, so he did engage, but he didn't. He wasn't a political figure that then had ideologies of his own on top of that. He had his ideologies that reckoned with that which was wrong about the current state of things, mm-hmm. because he had ultimate um, justice and truth. And and that that to me is that that, as you're saying, that gazing upon eternity. Um, and I th- and I and I would agree with you in the. Especially in the that 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 um, the did you see the what the Union Seminary the the per, the confessing to plants thing Mm-mm. you haven't seen that? we'll have to talk about that later um, I can't bring up the whole thing of it now but this very progressive seminary in, in New York um, had this exercise where they had a, their chapel they brought in a bunch of plants and they confessed their sins to Mother Nature to these plants and. Um, oh. And it was very. It was. It was some really good articles. Worshiping created things. Yeah, Mother Nature creator. as opposed to Sister, sister Nature with the same Creator. Um, but uh, so it, it that the, the progressive Christianity um, in 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 anything too far left or too far right, politically and socially, um, the religiosity of it, and the, the 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 how the messianic role it plays, and so. Um, I've been thinking a lot about for the as I, we talked about last time. I, I have long thoughts, and I, so I that should, will chew on something in the back of my mind for a long period of time. And and because of the, one of the best books I've ever read, for not just for um, uh, theological reasons, but for even spiritual growth reasons and formation reasons, is Haley Gordon Jacobs conformed to the image of his son. Um, hmm. I can't. I can't. I, it's just unbelievable. Hmm. But uh, it's got me thinking so much of glory for like six months now and what glorification is, what Romans eight is five through eight um, and um, chapters five through eight. And so it, and it really gave me this image for what would be my novel thinking it through it, thinking it through. I would love to write it. I would first thought of it as I would love for, for um, Wendell Berry to write it because of his, uh, knowledge of agriculture that I don't have as an agrarian. Um, I'm not a farmer like he is in, in Kentucky, so it would take a great deal of, of, of agricultural knowledge paired with theological knowledge, and there would be no one better than Wendell Berry to do that. I would recommend his mm-hmm. book, Jaber Crow, if you're looking for a good read um, that is along those lines. Uh, anyway, my idea is, is this book called Glory Baby Glory, and there is a there is a plantation in the south by a cruel and, and oppressive landowner with slaves uh, pre civil war and 
there's a lot of complexities with, within it all that I'm trying to think through and work through, but ultimately it is a new landowner comes and purchases the land. And he seems very harsh and he seems very cruel. But as time goes on, the, the slave family, which is the, the real protagonist of, of the, the first half of the book, not the latter half, but the first half, um, views this new owner who has, who has purchased this land from this terrible, tyrannical owner who is oppressive and, and bigoted and all sorts of malicious abuse to the men and women this new owner comes and he takes the land and he takes it somewhat like crudely from the old owner some pretty harshly from the old owner really does one on him. And so they're there. They see this new owner as maybe even worse than the one before because of just the, the, how he exercises such power through acquiring the land that turns out was his generations and generate his, and his family's generations ago. So he had hmm. somewhat justice of taking back the land but he 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 uh it was it was um it was tough how he came about it as time goes on the new landowner an owner of the slaves starts working in the land with them and the more he works in the land with them the more he opens up to them and they realize he wasn't ever that cruel or mean he was only that cruel or mean to that which was unjust and inhumane. And the more and more the time goes on, the more and more he opens them up into his home. Not mm. as it's not, he's not changing. Mm-hmm. He was always that way. They I've are changing. Their perception way, yeah. of him is changing. Yeah. And so the end of the tale is basically they have dominion over the land that was his. They are, he helps build them into his house. He shares every wealth with him. There is a, he unifies himself, his family with them. He participates in the restoring of that land and governing that land with him. They each have equal dominion over that town with him. And he passes that land onto them to have full dominion. And it's, this idea of um, just Romans eight glory and mm-hmm. glorification and that we will be adopted into the mm-hmm. sonship, the Eothesia, the, the, the co-heirs of Christ and that we will have dominion over that, which was oppressed by evil one day. And there's not any sociopolitical undertones except one that I have tried to think through in it. It's, it's purely, hmm. It's purely a theology of glory through fiction literature, but there's one sociopolitical overtone in it, and that is the, maybe the greatest man in history, one of the greatest men in history, did one of the greatest things in one of the greatest in the greatest country that, to ever exist, and it, the best thing it accomplished was through the abolitionist movement, is set up for a hundred and plus more years a demographic totally incapable without any means to provide for themselves, to educate themselves in the South without any home. They just, it just freed them with mm. what, right? This is the sentiment of Martin Luther King. What did the, mm-hmm. what did, what did, what did the freeing of slavery do? Well, it just set up a, de- a demographic just to fail. Mm-hmm. That's all it did. Mm-hmm. The greatest man in history, the greatest politician in history and the greatest country of history, that was the best he had, was fail a people, mm. absolutely fail a people. Mm-hmm. 
So what we, what we look towards, consider in these, fu- in these current sufferings, our future glory to be co-heirs with Christ mm. and that we will, re- we will have dominion over all the rulers and authorities of this world and restoring the land that he, in a, in a mean, indignant way towards injustice, took back. Mm. And he didn't change through that coming into shared participation and unity. No, we changed our perception of him. Yeah. That he brought a sword and then now there's peace. And so that is my, that is my understanding of, of, of kind of work, thinking through how things are going on right now. And, and, and just kind of putting a, some imagine, imagination to, I think what I heard you saying in that my God isn't Abraham Lincoln. Because yeah, Abraham right, Lincoln, right. his best failed. Yeah. David's best failed. Yeah, that's right. Abraham's best, Jacob's best uh, it, it failed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these are the these are the you know these are the, the, the our patriarchs here. There's there's one that promises glory. Yeah. And we are adopted into him upon our resurrection. So that's um, that's my thoughts that's there good. and uh, good summary. summarizing your that is, what, it's a great summary saying. and that that metaphor is spot on. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Good stuff, Oz. Until next time on Chucked, this is Charles Braxton with Austin Charles. Have a great week.